ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are starting the Minor Prophets. It is a group of 12 small classical prophets. They are called minor prophets because of the size of the books, not because they're not important. In the Hebrew scriptures, they group them all together and count them as one and call them the 12. We will cover one a day in the order of the Christian Bible. So today we will start with Hosea. They are not in chronological order. So with each one, we will discuss where they are in the timeline of Hebrew history. Like the major prophets, they were all during the time that the nation of Israel was split with the northern ten tribes called Israel, and sometimes it's called Ephraim, which was one of the sons of Joseph, and then the southern tribe of Judah was combined with Benjamin. As a reminder, the northern tribes were never faithful to the Lord because their first king Jeroboam placed golden calves in both the northern and southern parts of Israel so his people would worship there instead of going to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. So the northern tribes started off with idolatry, which is a big deal to the Lord. We will find that there are two things which the Lord cares deeply about. Love the Lord with all your heart and loving people well. These are the two main issues of the prophets. Jesus said in the New Testament in Matthew 22 verses 34 through 40 that all of the law and the prophets are summed up in these two things. Now, before we jump into Hosea, let's sing the last verse of our Old Testament books of the Bible song, The Minor Prophets. Mm, let us sing the minor prophets, minor prophets, minor prophets. Let us sing the minor prophets. There are twelve of them all. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Now, with Hosea, the first three chapters set the stage for the theme of this book. And like the major prophets, his life was an object lesson. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 1 says, The word of the Lord which came to Hosea the son of Beeri during the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, take to yourself a wife of harlotry, and have children of harlotry, for the land commits fragrant harlotry, forsaking the Lord. This is now Jeroboam the second, and his reign was around 793 to 753 BC. We find his reign in 2 Kings chapter 14, verses 16 through 29. It is in this second Kings passage that we also realize that Jonah, another minor prophet, was active during this same period. 
Hosea's name means help or deliverance, and it is of the same root for Joshua and Jesus, which means the Lord saves or the Lord delivers. Even though Hosea's town is not mentioned, chapter 7 talks of Ephraim's iniquity, which is the northern tribe, and in verse 5, Hosea says, On the day of our king, which leads us to believe that he was from the northern kingdom of Israel and that his main message went to the northern tribes. There are different views as to if the Lord meant for Hosea to marry a harlot. One view is that this is just symbolism. The second is that she was not a harlot when he first married her, but then she became one. Third is that she was a harlot, but that was because she worshipped idols and was religiously a harlot. The last view is that she was a harlot when he married her. I believe the last view, and as Hill and Walton said in their book, A Survey of the Old Testament, most important, it, the last view, provides the most complete analogy to the history of Israel's spiritual pilgrimage with their covenant God, Yahweh, page 589 in their book. The story goes that after marriage, Hosea's wife, Gomer, was unfaithful to him and left him, and she was in such bad shape that Hosea had to go and buy her back. One thing Dr. Betts said about Hosea was that he was allowed to feel some of the heartache that God feels for his bride Israel that was unfaithful. If you remember at Mount Sinai with the giving of the law with Moses, the Israelites made a covenant with God similar to a marriage contract. They promised to be faithful and then like the next chapter they weren't. Aaron had made a golden calf and they were worshiping it before Moses came down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Over and over and over again, they were unfaithful. The time of the judges, they were as bad as the pagan nations around them. Then they had a king. And as long as the king was faithful, the people did pretty well. But few of the kings remained faithful and the people quickly fell again into idolatry. And remember, once they split in the northern tribes, none of those kings were faithful. Therefore, the people followed in that manner. Chapter 1 tells the story of Hosea and Gomer's family, and they had a son, and the first son was named Jezreel, as a reminder of the bloodshed in the town of Jezreel by Jehu. This story is found in 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 11. Their second child was a girl, and she was named Lo-Ruhamah, which means she has not received mercy because the Lord was about to bring judgment upon Israel due to their sin. The third child was a son, and he was named Lo-Ami, which means not my people. Because, as the Lord said, you are not my people and I am not your God. Verse 9 of chapter 1. Then verse 10 reads, Yet the number of the sons of Israel will be like the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And in the place where it is said to them, 
you are not my people, it will be said to them, you are the sons of the living God. The Apostle Paul uses this verse in Romans chapter 9 verses 24 through 26 to explain that the Gentiles who were not God's people are now considered God's people if they believe in him. Chapter 2 begins with calling the brothers of Israel Ami, which means my people, and the sisters of Israel Ruhama, which means mercy. This chapter talks of the unfaithfulness of Israel and how they did not acknowledge that it was the Lord that had provided for them. They will be punished, and yet there will be restoration. And again, we see the phrase, And I will say to those who were not my people, You are my people. And they will say, You are my God. Not only did the Apostle Paul reference this verse, but so did the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. He says, But you, believers, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Those who have faith in Jesus Christ are children of God. Chapter 3 talks of how Gomer left Hosea to be with other men, and he was commanded to go again, love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. Verse 1. In this we see what redemption looks like. Chapters 4 through 13 restates that Israel has sinned. Judgment is coming, but there will be an ultimate restoration of the people of God. There are some themes that are repeated in this section. The first is that God's people had no knowledge of him. Next, we see that the religious leaders had led them astray. Third, there was great immorality among the people. Fourth, the Lord will bring judgment. Fifth, there is a cry for the people to turn to the Lord. And lastly, there will be a day when the Lord will bless Israel again. There are a few more verses in this section that are referenced in the New Testament that I want to point out. Jesus quotes part of Hosea chapter 6 verse 6 when he is eating with the tax collectors and sinners and the Pharisees are rebuking him for it and he responds, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's found in Matthew chapter 9, verses 12 and 13. Also in the book of Matthew chapter 2, 15, he quotes Hosea chapter 11, 1b. This was when Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt with baby Jesus. And then the angel told them it was okay to come back. And Matthew writes, he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet 
Out of Egypt I called my son. The last one, the Apostle Paul referenced Hosea chapter 13 verse 14 in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 55. He is speaking about the mystery of the resurrection and how we are in a body that is perishable and mortal, but someday it will be imperishable and we will put on immortality. And when that day happens, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The book concludes with chapter 14. And Dr. Betts said of chapter 14, It is a final love song of the Lord singing of his love for his people. This is huge. The Lord still loves his people even if they are unfaithful. Even if we are unfaithful, he still loves us. This seems to be the only promise of God that is not based on an if. God's love for us is unconditional, period. Yet Dr. Betts called it God's frustrated love. This is reflected in chapter 11, verse 8. The Lord cries out, How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I surrender you, O Israel? My heart is turned over within me. All my compassions are kindled. The book of Hosea ends, Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous will walk in them, but transgressors will stumble in them. Yes, the Lord loves us unconditionally, but the question this book asks of us is, do we love the Lord? In the New Testament, Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What's the Lord asking you to do? Maybe you need to forgive and redeem a relationship like Hosea did with Gomer. Maybe you need to commit to know the Lord better. Maybe there are sins in your life that you need to confess unto the Lord. Maybe there are things that have priority in your life above the Lord and you have idols and are worshiping other things. The Lord's ways are right. And when we align ourselves to his ways, life gets better. But even better than that, the Lord then knows that we love him back. Today, ladies, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts and don't turn away from the Lord. Instead, let's be women who are wise, who are discerning, and who are obedient unto the Lord. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.